Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Whoopity doo! The Oz Network with 24 season six, and this is not fake enthusiasm because we're getting into something that is halfway decent. We are past the two thirds of the way point through the season, which is a little bit weird because this more or less plays like a either a finale mm. or the end of an act, and it's technically the beginning of the last act, but. Uh, Whatever, you're doing something good, and I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, we're at 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. of season six, uh, written by David Fury, directed by Brian Spicer, and aired on that famous date of April 9th, 2007, where blank happened. The Iraq War. Baghdad falls to American <laughs> forces. Uh, and it is also Kristen Stewart's birthday and Lil <gasps> Nas X's birthday and Leighton Mester's birthday, 37. <laughs> But apparently the most famous person on April 9th is Tommy Innit, YouTube star, 19. Oh, and sadly, Tommy is not in it this week. And Hugh Hefner's um, but... birthday, too. He's a, he's a guy who did porn sort of stuff, Colin. The porn, okay. Uh, I'm going to have to Google Playboy, that. Should I Google really it? Porn, um... <laughs> Google Playboy, you might be surprised. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I guess, the, the swan song of our good friend Adoni. And um, we still don't have Philip Bauer. I don't know why, but uh, there's some good stuff in here and a cliffhanger that uh, Ben has been itching to talk about for the last, uh, how many years are we at now? 24 years, 27 years, uh, 17 years, 17 years. 27 years? Jesus. <laughs> I didn't realize I was watching 24 when I was like <laughs> nine years old in the 90s. Where are we? Who am I? Um well, let's get into it. My name is Colin, and trust me, I haven't begun to enjoy myself. And my name is Ben, and I'm not David, Colin, and I never will be. <laughs> I figured. Um, <laughs> and you're not Noah either, or even Rocky. Uh, you're just Ben. I'm just Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is, uh, like, I, I didn't have, you know, strong memories about any specific episode until we really get to the last couple of what my feelings were on it. I just remembered that this is now, what, one week away from the last episode I decided to watch for several months because I basically gave up before the finale uh, or took my time getting to the last uh, six episodes. Uh, so I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like this episode, love this episode, hate this episode. Um, it is very strong for season six. Is this strong enough to make my top 20? No, T top 20, no. My top 20 or top 10, no. Uh, but it's going to be significantly higher than most of the episodes that we have ranked this season, especially over the last, I don't know, dozen of weeks. I, I think when I did my speed rewatch the other year that it kind of crept up on me that I kind of, like, I think I just resigned myself to 
okay, we're at the shit part of the season. Nothing is good. I'm pretty sure the finale is decent. But other than that, there's nothing good that comes before then. And then I got to this episode and the next episode. I'm like, whoa, okay, they're actually quite good. Um, you're right. These aren't. This isn't a top 10 episode. Uh, it's a top 100 episode. Um, give it that. <laughs> but it's... Yeah, like it just it comes out of nowhere, I think, in a way. And this this is this is my twenty four. This is what this season should be. This is if you were to watch the first four episodes of this season, then watch this episode and not had any context what happened in between, mm-hmm. you'd be like, Oh, well, this is obviously a pretty good season because you've got all the elements that make a great season or a great storyline of twenty four. Like you got kind of Jack back against the wall, but done in a way where it's just not like, oh, he's got to do stupid things to, you know, make it more outlandish. You've got high stakes involved. You've got a great villain. You've got great music that kind of cues in with this amazing villain mm. death. You've got a Jack Bauer power hour moment, which is up there with some of his finest shit. And then you've got this epic plot twist at the end, which, again, a few weeks ago, I was bemoaning the stupidity of killing Audrey off screen. But I'm taken back to 20-year-old Ben, who wasn't smart enough to realise that this was a MacGuffin because clearly, obviously, she's not. They're going to bring her back in a few weeks. But that makes it even better. And even re-watching this, I almost still get the same feels as I get in that moment when I hear her voice on the phone. Like, it's just... It's done in such a way which is so, so good. And it just makes you wonder what they could have done with this season. Because, again, it's... Mm. We've sat through so much crap. We've got this week and next week, which are really good episodes, in my opinion. Then we get another few weeks of crap before we then get into a pretty decent finale. So, yeah, it's it's a shame, but it's it, I'm glad we're here for a couple of weeks to talk about something good. Uh, well, this is a rare instance where we're going to be uh, starting with the Palmer drama, and it's actually going to be some of the, the biggest stuff in the episode. Like, this is a huge chunk of this episode. Uh, obviously, the cliffhanger last week was uh, Wayne twitching. <laughs> Launch the nukes. <laughs> Twitchy bit twitch What's face. going on? Oh, press the button. <laughs> Shit, what did that do? <laughs> yeah, it, which, you know, as we said, it, it's ridiculous. You have no idea what's going on. But I feel like the context of what happens here kind of makes up for uh, a lot of it. Uh, so uh, basically, you have um, the ambassador there and you have Wayne launching these nukes towards the mar not marwan uh the other arab guy uh wow fayed hey some bin laden you know a guy who's slightly foreign from the middle east <laughs> but not played by actual <laughs> middle eastern um but uh yeah you have launch towards fayed's country and then the ambassador's free go but why would you do this but uh but uh and he's basically saying it's like no you know what you've had your chance and i'm gonna nuke you all you're all dead uh, this is not the Wayne Palmer that I was 10 minutes ago. I'm not a nice guy anymore. I'm Powers Booth. Uh, <laughs> so watch me kill a bunch of people. Powers Palmer. Uh, <laughs> I'm Powers Palmer. Uh, but uh, basically, this is just all set up to have the ambassador give up this information. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. There was some information I was playing close to the chest. I didn't tell you. But there's this general, General Habib, and he's involved with it. And we have him in custody. I decided not to tell you. It is all out of nowhere, but... I love this because it actually makes this this power struggle between Wayne and Daniels and let's include Lennox and Karen in there, like these two factions. And it brings it together in a way where is it completely realistic that it all happened this quickly? No, but this basically sets up Wayne being like, I was not wrong, but some of what you were doing, Daniels, was it right? Maybe not, but it gave me a brilliant idea that I could 
play your cards a little bit. I could pretend I could piggyback off of what you were doing and get something there. So they get the information, they abort the strike and uh, basically say, no, these, these missiles were unarmed. It was never going to kill anybody. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of like this. Uh, we also have the only mention here. This is Sandra's now gone from the show. She's gone back to be with Waleed. That's it. Go in your Oscar, Regina. Bugger off. Thanks for being yeah, in 24. Off to bigger and better things. Go to Southland. Um, I think she would have been about Southland around about here, wouldn't it? Southland was about this period. Uh, Southland. No, I think, well, no, yeah, I think you might be right. This is 2007. Southland, I think, started like 2008, 2009. Great so it's probably coming right up after that. Still need to watch it. Uh, I only saw, time. I only saw like one or two episodes of that show, but I mean, it, it, what I did see, it lived up to what everybody said, like, you know, pop drama of the generation or whatever. One of, one of the most underrated television shows I've ever seen. It needs more love. Um, but uh, we got a scene here between Lennox and uh, I, I love some of the lines here, especially with Wayne. Where, it, it, in a way, I, I don't feel like they were going for this, but there's definitely people who could interpret this like Wayne suddenly full of himself. Hey, look at me. I just played dirty president and I'm feeling good about it. He's saying, you know what? I'm never going to be David, uh, but I can be me. And I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's, it, it's weird, but uh, I, I don't think it's intended to be like, you know, pat yourself on the back. But I don't know. It's still, it's still kind of a good line here. Uh, oh, I'm not so bad was his line. I am, I am, I'm not David, but who I am is not so bad. This is like the end of like a kid's show, you know, like a, <laughs> an episode of, uh, I don't know, like Blue's Clues or something like that. You know it. what? I'm, I'm not uh, this person, but I am who I am and it's not so and bad. That's okay, and little this, Jimmy. Yeah, and then cue the song, I am me, it's not so bad. <laughs> or it's like, it's like a freeze frame where he turns to the camera with a thumbs up. Yeah! Next week on uh, Nickelodeon. Uh, so, uh, Are you wearing a double t t-shirt, by the way? I am, yeah. I decided Aww. to promote us today. When you and I met, you were wearing that t-shirt. Good day. Uh, yeah, I had, had to be able to recognize something Sorry. that you partially owned. Distracted, <laughs> just looking at... What are you wearing, Ben? I'm wearing an E-League. So basically... Uh, our league's um, computer game league division. They were giving them away. The computer league? <laughs> this is eSport? Yeah, eSport. Thank you. They they had like a table of giveaway shit and these were like 3XL <laughs> t-shirts. So it's like my night shirt. So, um, and it's it's in fancy neon colors because it's like electronic. Ooh. This eSports has to give away their merch. <laughs> not I'm not commenting on that, like but you're accurate. <laughs> 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 they don't have official jerseys or anything until they include podcasting in esports i will completely mock it but anyway <laughs> it's actually more bitterness because um, if i had known this would have been a thing when i'm an adult i would have not listened to my parents and played video games more so you know uh so what else we have going on here we got um uh yeah questions about why daniels decided to you know back off so quickly this is going to play out over a couple weeks here um and get your uh, back down. Bill what gets was that? put your back up. Put, Noah? put your put your back down. I think put your back down. Yeah. The Sherry line. Put your back down, Noah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get another scene with the ambassador here, uh, and this is where they're talking about how are we gonna, you know, twist Habib's arm to play along with us. Lucky, uh, luckily, and... it's not Gradenko's arm because <laughs> it got chopped off. No, I got that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> or Chase's hand. I'm here till Thursday. Uh... Try the view. Uh, you know, I didn't even mention this last week, but I think that I I, I assumed that Gradenko was there till basically the end of the season 
And I think it's because I always mix up, well, Chase loses his hand in the finale, and I'm like, well, Gurdenko lost an arm, but it must have been in the finale or whatever. Hmm. So I, I walked away from the last episode, and I'm like, why did I always think that Gurdenko, you know, this was like a death in the finale? I'm like, oh, it's probably because of the arm. And then the, just the arm, it's actually, there's a zombie plot line they were thinking of. So they're transporting the arm back to CTU, and then halfway through, the the arm comes alive. It's like, ah! The arm's like crawling around, killing all these CTU agents, killing Los Angeles, trying to get the nukes blown up. That's not a bad plot line, actually. Better than the uh, Jack Powell family drama this season. I'd, I'd buy that. I mean, wh- whoever took Gradenko's arm, because it did happen off camera, they, they definitely had the high ground. Uh, that's just my <laughs> guess. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie sent me, I don't know if you saw it yet, she, she posted on my wall. Uh, it's uh, the, one of those, the perfect you know Christmas tree topper doesn't exist. And uh, this one was basically an action figure of Anakin hanging from the top, or it's our Obi-Wan hanging from the top and Anakin just below it. And then there's a flag that says, Anakin, I have the high ground. That's amazing. I'm like, yes, we're going to get that for our tree. I, I had a, uh, uh, my favorite one I ever had was a, um, a cutout of Miley Cyrus from the, uh, the Wrecking Ball um, film clip where she's swinging on oh, a wrecking ball. Oh, swings from the tree? So, so I put it on like a Christmas bauble. And it was like my, a cutout Miley Cyrus on a Christmas bauble on the Wrecking Ball. It was amazing. Such a, yeah. Great song. When, when's Miley coming back? Uh, Are you a Miley Cyrus fan? No. I, of course you're not. I what can't a dumb take question. It. <laughs> it's a step up from Taylor Swift, but oh, it's in the same Jesus Christ. Like, oh, God, I would, I would rather watch Casper take a dump than Taylor Swift live. Well... Casper may actually allow you to do that. There's that meme that goes around. It's like Taylor Swift could say she's performing a concert in my bathroom and I still wouldn't go. Accurate. Time, I was, again, I, time person of the... Fuck off. Hitler was time person magazine person of the year. Not a good deal. Sorry. You're very angry about it. It's, it's, it's a couple weeks in a row. It's a cult. It's like it's such a cult. It is. I'll agree with that. She's a massive sellout and people have drank the Kool-Aid... And, like, I I give her five years until something happens where she's cancelled. Like, I mean, for God's sakes, she's not... What has she done for pop music that 30 other female singers haven't done? I'm not even talking about Madonna. I'm going back further than Madonna. I'm about to see Gladys Knight and the Pips in Sydney. (laughs) She was, like, inspirational for music and did more stuff for women pop singers than Taylor Swift. Shut up. I I just want Taylor Swift to get cancelled now, just so that Ben doesn't talk well, about her anymore. This is a day and age that, like, don't get me started on this bullshit, because I'm telling you now, as is a common trope, when does Taylor Swift realise she's the problem? All right? Oh, she's with Travis Kelce, or whatever his name is. Like, three weeks, as soon as the NFL season's done with and she's not getting publicised, she's off, like, fucking a baseball player or something like that, and she's written seven albums about yeah, football and everything. And then you say that, to, oh, no, she's only ever been with, like, two guys who have broken a heart. I have listened to enough Taylor Swift songs to know that every song is about, like, I met him in a bar, he broke my heart, and I'm a woman. And everyone's like, yeah, fuck yeah. It's like, you're the problem, Taylor. Sorry, 24. Here. Back to 24. So uh, this is where Wayne, now the power has gone to his head a little bit. I, I don't know if if it if it was going to be an option to keep Wayne around, I guarantee that you could have built the last act of the season around. Maybe Wayne's going too far with this because now we're repeating season two, but oh, so that terrorist, he's not talking. Habib, hmm. Have you tried to murder his family? <laughs> Sorry, threatened to murder his family. And everyone's like, Mr. Palmer, but <laughs> sir, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, th- this is it. It's, it's, it's one too many plot lines being recycled from season two. Like everything about season six is just season two all over again. Yeah. Some of it's done better. Some of it's done worse. This is not done better. I mean, I, I don't think it made it, but I, I put up 
the uh, whatever that guy's name was, the season two guy. I put up the the fake death of his family as a potential top five moment. This we don't even hear about it, but to see Wayne actually want to get his hands dirty and it's sort of validating. You know what? You can't just sit on the sidelines and just hope it's all going to resolve and just let Jack take care of it all. Um, so they basically uh, uh, threaten to kill his family. Uh, they get uh, this guy on the side all off camera. Uh, and uh, at this moment where the ambassador is like, well, it, we did it, Mr. President. I was glad to be of assistance. You can go now. He's like, but <laughs> you told me I had to stay here until this crisis was resolved. No, 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 please leave. This is him getting him out of the room because he's about to pass out. Uh, Lennox is like, but <laughs> there's so many butts there in this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, Anthony Daniels robbed of a 24 appearance. <laughs> uh, the, the doctor comes in, his blood pressure is dropping. Uh, Wayne's like, give me more adrenaline. Now he's hooked on it. This Your is drugs. Jack on heroin. I want the drugs. Come on. Uh, right in my, just, just hook it up to my veins. I'm the president, uh, damn it. The, the, uh, the, the doctor's basically, no, sir. Another one of those could kill you. So could you waking him up in the first place, giving the first shot of adrenaline? Like at this point, just commit to killing the guy already. He's like, already <laughs> killed him, literally. Yeah, you're going to jail. Got an hour left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Wayne says, no, I'm going back to work. Literally a line he uses, I'm going back to work here. Uh, the doctor says, your condition, you're not going to last long. And he goes, well, I might surprise you again. Like, I don't know if this is intentional, but I'm getting these vibes of like Wayne's a little bit cocky here, you know? And I don't think they play into that. I don't even know if that's their, their intention, but I like to kind of view it this way because really what we're going to get out of Wayne is a bit of a letdown. And oh, on a season like this, where, where I feel like, especially on a rewatch, Wayne's character is a lot stronger than I gave him credit for. I want to see him go out where it's like, it was your own doing, you know, it was his own arrogance. Cause it, it, the way this plays out is, well, he had to do this because otherwise, you know, Daniels is going to seize control of the country again. But I kind of like the idea better that, you know, it, it's, it's all Wayne just, you know, doing this because I'm, I've got power now. I'm finally a good president. <laughs> I want to kill people. Uh, the doctor tries to resign. I mean, Wayne basically says you're on the hook already, doctor. There's no way you're resigning here. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that stuff here, the Wayne stuff, um, uh, and then uh, we'll get into the, the, the Jack stuff after this and the CTU stuff. A couple of things I'm just noticing um, just on the Palmer, and I think it's more of a Daniels moment next week, but I'm pretty sure there is a storyline around it. Uh, both Daniels and Palmer are wearing wedding rings, and from memory, I think mm. I think Daniels, like with this whole Lisa thing, I'm pretty sure you find out that like him and his wife are, are either no longer together or haven't really been together for a long time, so I'm pretty sure that's a line, but... I've never noticed that before, I think, with Wayne Park. And it's never really mm. mentioned about his relationship status. Maybe it is in that small little newspaper article that you see in Redemption that basically says he's dead. Um, but I, I don't know if that's a 24-wiki thing, that there is maybe implications that he's married or... Developed. I don't know. That, that's just something I noticed. I, I, I'm To me, this is the only... The, the couple of things that I, I anti this episode, which will rank it a little bit lower, say, the next week. I, I'm not... A huge fan of this MacGuffin with the nuclear bomb thing. As I said last week, I hated the twist. And like, again, I, I sort of, I, I see why you like it and I see why they've done it. But it's just, it's implausible to me. And I think the writers have done two things with this episode. And they've done these two overtly fake out twists to try and tease the audience. Which at the end of the day, both don't really hold up after you know what's happening. And both don't make sense. And they're purely just cheap. So you have this first one here of like, ha ha, just kidding. It was a fake bomb. Lol, you told us the information. Nah, 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 nah. 
And then later on, it's like, ha ha, you got captured. Nah, 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 nah. We're faking you out. Like, it's just, to me, on both occasions, how do they do that so quickly? Why the fuck is the President of the United States keeping his cabinet in the dark with this? Because, as I said last week, he needs a nuclear launch code. He needs this. He literally yeah. needs a code to, like, ditch it. And so they're all like, yes. Like, it's, it reminds me, like, again, I know you're not the biggest Friends fan. But, like, there's the, the episode when Rachel doesn't know whether she's pregnant or not. And Phoebe basically gets the, the pregnancy test. And it's basically like, oh, actually, you're not pregnant. And then she's all like, oh. Oh, you know, thank God. And she obviously starts crying because she wanted to be pregnant. And then Phoebe's like, well, just kidding. You're actually pregnant. And then basically Rachel's like, oh, what, what? And they're celebrating like, well, that's a bit of a risk. Like, what if I actually was happy that I wasn't pregnant? So like, this is the same thing. Like, it's a risk. What if the ambassador didn't have any information? But but sir, I really don't know anything. (laughs) I really don't know anything. I don't know what you're talking about. We're innocent. We're Yemen. We don't have any bearing on world affairs. (laughs) So like, it's just kind of one of those things. But like... Yeah, I see what they're doing with it. But I like what you're saying. Like, I like this kind of thing with Palmer. And this is, again, an issue with this storyline. And again, what we could have had and what would have been better towards the end is you're rushing through it. Like, this Palmer sort of recovers but is having issues is somewhat interesting. And I think Mm -hmm. D.B. Woodside is is at his best as a president in this episode and the next episode. He's amazing. This is the first time I think all season I've gone like, wow, he's a really good president. And we get it done with in like an episode and a half. And it's like, imagine mm. if they did this for the end, you kind of have like, oh, twitchy McTwitch face. Like, it's one thing at the end of next season, which again, I'm not a fan. I'm definitely not a fan of the way the next season plays out in the end of next season. And that Jack is dying storyline. At least you kind of drag this out a little bit with Jack is dying, not just do it in two episodes. So that's kind of something. But this just kind of gets rushed through. But like everything else here, like I, I, I kind of like sort of this ambassador stuff. You're right. It's very much season two recycled plot line but there's so much in this season that really is but you touched on at the beginning this has got a very finale vibe to it yeah and again it's 24 like i get it like you often will get to like episode 18 and we're at 17 now so you're basically at 18 and you kind of will feel like you're at the finale but then there's still a whole that's kind of the plot twist we're still got more to go this is a season where i wish this was a finale like it it like yeah. this is where you want it to be like honestly this episode in itself could be the end. The death of Marwan. Uh, oh, God, I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> the death of the ethnic guy, Ben. There you go. Racist <laughs> Ben Collin today. The death of Fayed. You've got this like moment with Mike Doyle coming in going, damn, Jack. And then you end it on the phone call with Audrey. Like, that's a cliff. That's a season cliffhanger. That, to me, is mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's the end of the day right there. Like, you've wrapped everything up. You've got the bombs. President shaking your hand. It's got a little season one vibe about it, kind of the way you've got the music and everything. I know I'm jumping ahead, but this could have been the finale. Like this would have been actually a solid finale for this season. Um, but other than that, like uh, the Palmer stuff, um, I do like the speech with David. Uh, racist, just because he's an African American <laughs> man. I do like the scene with Wayne talking about David uh, and Tom and kind of their little back and forth. Um, and do we even get? Oh, we do get um, we do get Daniels in this episode because this is where he gets the, I resent your tone, isn't it? Oh no, no, that's the ambassador. We don't get Daniels in this episode. He's in next week, but um, yeah. But I, I I've written the I resent your tone line, and that's the ambassador when like they're talking to each other. I resent your tone. I like this guy's just like a wood piece of wood. This ambassador, but he's kind of like endearingly a good piece of wood. 
Um, he's endearingly wooden. He's endearingly, endearingly wooden, the actor man. That should be the Taylor Swift concert tour. <laughs> um, oh, I've got jokes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's outside of the my not liking the bit at the beginning and him collapsing and give me more drugs. Like, it, it's, it leads to something quite interesting next week, if you ask me. But, again, it's just, it's just such a season six thing. You're leading yeah. down a good storyline and, oh, this is interesting. And, ah, no, let's just get fucking rid of it after one episode. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, sure. Thanks for that. But anyway. Uh, so we'll do, I guess, the first half. We're going to leave the best stuff of Jack um, uh, for the end here. But episode starts. Of course, they've got Fyatt in custody. Jack's roughing up. And even just the way Jack's roughing up, like, this is the Jack you were waiting to see. It's not even like, you know, oh, tell me what I need to know or he's fighting with him. He's just sitting there laying in punch after punch <laughs> just to wear the guy down, just to, just to do it. And then you got Doyle just sort of watching on. Uh, you uh, have the line here about uh, butchering his little brother. Uh, this is where he has the line, trust me, I haven't begun to enjoy myself. It's very Great sadistic Jack, Jack episode here. This, this week. Yeah. A lot of good Jack lines. Uh, Doyle's arrived off camera. Um, there was such a struggle to get him there on time. <laughs> he just happens to, he stopped for coffee somewhere. I don't know. Did his um, hair. They uh, um, do stuff here. I don't know. Uh, and that's the episode. <laughs> Welcome to our 24 recap. They do stuff. Doyle uh, takes over the interrogation. He pulls a gun, I think. Uh, Jack basically says, no, no, no. We're going to uh, we're gonna get Burke in on this. A lot of Burke without Burke. seeing Burke in this season. Uh, Jack punching him is not going to do any more than Burke's going to do. Uh, and... Um, uh, I think he has a lot here. Now we're going to have some fun too, doesn't oh, yeah, he? That line. He's like, trust me, I haven't begun to yeah. do myself. Now we're going to have some fun. Now yeah. we're going to have some fun. Yeah. Great line. Uh, he and- was on fire this episode. <laughs> so they're going to take him back to CTU to see Burke. And uh, they got 20 minutes total transit, which is about twice as long or, or about half the length of what it took Mike Doyle to reach there from CTU in the last episode. Chopper uh, Command. So Mike really did stuff for coffee. Chopper Command. Yeah. Uh, and then w- this is a really good twist because I didn't remember how this all played out. But you all of a sudden get the truck hit by this uh, this van where the people come out with the guns and fire's taken and everybody's unconscious. And then all of a sudden you're like, switcheroo. Everybody's like, all right, they're gone. This is the Goldfinger ending, right? Not of the living where- dead Jack Bauer, though, is my favorite part where Jack's just <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, It's literally it, like it's- the, the, the Force Awakens trailer with Finn when he pops up. And you got that. Oh, boom. yeah, yeah. Like, literally, I just, I just love just this scene of Kiefer. Like, you, just, you see these cars in the background and you're just like, like, I'm watching it now. It's just so funny. But like so much with season six, you have to suspend disbelief because they've had fired in their uh, what their, their custody for 20 minutes. And somehow, even though majority of that time has been sent on cam with Jack, they had a chance to step aside and say, okay, we need a secondary team that can all speak whatever the Yemeni's language is. They're all Middle we need them all. To- yeah, we've got this many people on our payroll who all speak the language, who know enough about the, the backstories to credibly pull off a cover. We need an unmarked van. We need to be able to take Fayed. We need to be able to get all this. We have to have Habib on the line. They've coordinated what probably would be like, I don't know, days worth yeah. of prep in, in uh, the commercial break. Uh, but the fact that it just sort of happens, like season six, you do really have to accept with some things. It's dumb, but I just like it because it's fun. And it, it's a great little switcheroo that they play here uh, where you realize, no, this was all a setup. Uh, and Fayed in the back of the, the, the gun, really tense scene though, after the, the undercover team drops Habib's name and he asks for a gun and just sort of like, uh, okay. And I love that Fayed, he doesn't just take the gun and do some, you know, sadistic thing where he's like, 
don't know, playing Russian roulette with somebody to prove a point. All he does, he checks the gun. All right, there's bullets in there. I trust you guys, right? It's very simple. And and I feel like a guy like Fayed, you don't have to go too over the top. This doesn't need to be the Salazars, you know, mm. doing some really sick game or question these guys and, and not trusting. Just him pulling out a gun and then checking. There's bullets in there. All right, they're the real deal. Uh, we get this uh, phone call that they uh, coordinate with Habib or Habib's, uh, again, just like, just like the what Mark guy a couple weeks ago. Yeah, everything's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Let's just finish the operation, guys. Uh, but uh, again, a really clever fake out to the audience is that he mentions the name of this guy, Samir, or something like that, which nobody picks up on. It's like several minutes later in the episode. I also love that uh, Habib blames Fayed. This is all your fault in the middle of this you know, duress call. He blames him, tells him to go to this safe house and give him the next target so we finish this once and for all. Uh, while this is all happening, Nadia and Milo are having a little lover spat because you just... <laughs> he had you know one my... line to freaking... to Mike. One it's, line. It's literally... It's literally... Could you tell Mike? Is that who you can tell? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It really yeah. is. You, he calls him, you guys are best buddies all of a sudden. She and literally Milo... said, are you okay? And it's like, that's oh. all she said. And, Milo's and then you worse than Milo. me. Milo's more jealous than I get. <laughs> but Milo literally is grabbing Nadia's arm pretty forcefully. This is the second time he's gotten physical with her. Yeah. Sure, he's not choking her like Mike, but is this another subplot they were trying to explore? Milo turns into Mike because he's got this, like you said, an irrational hatred for this man. Uh, well, as Nadia's saying, him. maybe he's not that bad. Yes, he is that bad. Uh, and then he's getting forceful with her. <laughs> but this is where we get that line I mentioned last week with Morris. Hey, guys, just want to know, is everything okay here? Need any help? Is there a problem? Stop no, abusing no, okay. women, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nadia comes by and he, more only Morris is going to like stroke her arm. Are you all right? <laughs> Are you going to be all right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be fine. This is Qui-Gon with Shmi. Will you be all right? Uh, and then... Uh, more Shmi references are needed on this show. It's been a while. <laughs> Bring back a, Shmi. At least five years since we've talked about Shmi. <laughs> it's, Come on. It's due. Hashtag bring back uh, Shmi. <laughs> Uh, but then Nadia uh, picks up on the the mention of this Samir. And again, Milo just looking really stupid. So he mentioned the name of Samir Al-Afid. Uh, and it's like, now this guy is somebody who uh, dropped on the radar or whatever. It's like, okay, so? It's like, well, he's been dead for two years. And then Milo, maybe it was another Samir Al-Afid. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, there is no other Samir Al-Afid. <laughs> Samir sounds like, I mean, that could be a common Middle Eastern name, like Jack. Like, it probably is, <laughs> but just Milo, who again is like, this is the guy who's supposed to be like the next hero. He's the other hero of the season, right? I'm going to save Nadia. And then is, is this supposed to be him turning into Mike again? I feel like they're exploring things that they weren't sure they want to follow through with. And maybe they ran out of time and they just, they just ran out of ideas or didn't commit to it. Let's just be done with this season. They gave up. That's what they did. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll 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 leave it at that point. Right before we get into the uh, the, the the big the big scene, the showdown with Fayed. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of all leading to the the end part. I mean, it, it, I think you struggle with the Mike Doyle character when you've got Jack on point. Like this is kind of why you brought Mike in a few weeks back is because kind of Jack was doing something different. He wasn't working with Jack, and then like. You, you know, you, you kind of have him as the anti-Jack who's a bit like, you know, oh, he's he's a bit more like, I'm going to do more evil things. But then, you know, psych, he reads the Quran. Um, so then I think like it just, 
And again, yep, this is me bagging him out more, but like, it's just like, he just, he's kind of pointless when Jack's around. And then even when we get to the stuff next week, it just doesn't play out the same as when like Jack has to go against yeah. Curtis or Jack has to go against somebody else. Like it's just, it's just different. And he just, Mike. Um, and then even like when he's like pointing a gun and Jack's like, Agent Doyle, put your gun down. He's like, here's Jack. Like he's a little bitch. Like God, he's like, you know, doesn't even stand up to Jack. Be a man, Mike Doyle. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's, I like this, again, I'm, I'm with you. I, I kind of like this fake out. And I remember watching this going like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But again, it's just so implausible. Like, I mean, if they've got like five Middle Eastern agents out there, why aren't these guys infiltrating other people early? You could have been such an easier day. They're just sitting around. What was it? They're trying to call them up like, guys, the nuclear bomb's going up. Ah, don't start to midnight. <laughs> Sorry. Got the kids today. Uh, <laughs> ah, Middle Eastern getting treated badly today. I could have been in an entertainment camp. But uh-uh, playing the card. Sorry, bye. Um, so there, there is that. But it's a pretty good action sequence, though, like the way the car flips. And, I mean, props to these CTU agents. They didn't kill Jack and Mike and everyone else because that's a pretty heavy car crash. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, because even when Mike's like, oh, I'm bleeding. Like, oh, couldn't you actually be bleeding more? <laughs> oh, it's superficial. Um, but I, I do kind of like the way that, they're, they're kind of just like, they've got all this technology set up. And again, it's 2007. This is technology that still barely exists today. I do like, it is one of these like little things that I will nitpick about, particularly also next week when we get to this chip, like there's just two convenient plot lines that if you really pick apart, doesn't make sense. Why is, um, why is Adoni Moropus basically all of a sudden now questioning a general? Like this has never been a thing. So, like, yeah. this guy's, like, a high-ranking official of Yemen who apparently has turned against them. And, I mean, this makes the ambassador even more evil, if you ask me. Like, I mean... Th- yeah, because he knew. <laughs> this isn't just Johnny Jenkins down at the local pub in the capital of Yemen going, like, hey, let's go bomb America. This is like a... a, a rank- this, is, this is Gradenko. He was a, a former general of the Russian thing who's defected. So, all of a sudden, like, if I'm America. I'm Wayne Palmer. I'm like, so you, you're general? Like... If tomorrow Kamala Harris was found out to be a Russian spy and all of a sudden, I'm not saying, by the way, CIA, if you're listening, this is not me saying she is. I'm using this as an example. But if right now you found out that she was a Russian spy and that she basically had come to terms and say uh, Montana got bombed and you found out that it was Kamala Harris who basically helped arrange that, you're fucking nuking Russia. Like, I'm sorry, (laughs) you are nuking Russia. You are doing that. Um, so like, this is where it doesn't make sense. And it's going to be the same with this circuit board. Like, oh, this circuit board contains all Russian defense secrets. So I'm sorry. They've been carrying six nuclear bombs that, okay, we can kill a couple thousand people. You've got more valuable information in those six (laughs) nuclear bombs and you destroyed like three of them. Like that's where your money is, terrorists. And and I I feel like if you had Gradenko in the season, He'd still want to be protecting that because he's doing this for Mother Russia. In exactly. his mind, he thinks his end game is that he does this and he's back in their good graces. I know I'm jumping ahead to my complaints about this storyline when it comes to this because this is where I think it does get absurd. But, like, I mean, you're right. That's actually something I never thought of. Like, you've got a Russian general. Hi, Jamie. Nice underwear. Um, she's ca- <laughs> she's, <laughs> carrying, she's uh, carrying underwear. underwear. <laughs> she's not just coming down in her undies, everyone. Um, but, like... Yeah, you, you complete. She just, she just yelled out, Colin, I'm washing your fudgies. <laughs> nice fudgies, Colin. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, like it's just nitpicking. You're right. You, you make a good point. You kind of got to just, you know, suspend disbelief or suspend belief because it's just, 
why has he been answering to a general? There's actually, I don't know if it's in this episode. I think it might be next episode when they're watching like Fox News. It is next episode because you see the, you know, fired dead. There's like, if you read the ticker tape thing down the bottom, it literally says, officials not sure. Of who, uh, no one has claimed responsible for today's attacks. You've just got on the screen. You've <laughs> killed yeah. the guy who is responsible for the attacks. Like, You've named him. That is literally Oz Network levels of, like, not paying attention to the details. Like, I mean, seriously. Anyway, but, um, I mean, it's all good setup, And I, 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 I want to give props to Donnie Moropoulos because I kind of like this sort of the way he is kind of playing off these agents. And actually, props to these agents, too. These, these guys, like, for one episode are pretty good the way they kind of, like, sell this, like, oh, yes, of course you don't know who we are. We all keep secret. You know how it works. Remember Marwan from a couple of seasons ago? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of, you know, ah, touching without consent. I saw yeah. that. <laughs> Oz Network abuse. Um, sorry, people who have no idea what we talk about. Jamie enters the room and rubbed. Colin she literally on the face. pinched my cheeks. Cheeks. Yeah, because yeah. if people aren't watching, <laughs> yeah. what did she do? Yeah, exactly. We're distracted easily on this show. Remember in Skype when we didn't have cameras and we did these properly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, I like I I like kind of the acting and how they do this and this general and the murdering of the kids and cool, but. Yeah, take away all the stuff that really doesn't make any sense. It's a great setup to what's going to be an, an amazing ending. Uh, everything we've covered up until this point, I still have some issues with. This is still, you know, rentable material. But yeah. from this point on, I'm going to argue, at least what we get from Jack, this might be the best Jack stuff of the season. Like this uh, top, episodes one through four are the best episodes, but this is the best we're going to get a Jack. This 100%. is like, it's re- it's a return to form. This is the Jack that you didn't think you'd get again because we really haven't for the last couple of seasons. Uh, so first of all, Jack's told about, yeah, this name drop of Samir is probably a duress code you know, they use. Uh, <laughs> conveniently, he's like, oh, I got to get word to the team just as they drive into a tunnel. I don't know how this was planned, uh, but uh, uh, he he's like, guys, guys, uh, we think that he might have passed him a duress code. Hello, hello. Uh, they follow him in there. They, they don't see it come out the other side. The, the van is stopped halfway. He goes in. There's two of the agents dead. And then one agent they decided to name by name, which I can't remember his name, Jenkins, I guess. Uh, he's still alive. That's going to be important because we never see him again. Uh, so why did they feel the need to say this one guy's still alive? Unless he does come back again. I'm wrong. I, I can't remember enough about him to know if he comes <laughs> back alive. I mean, maybe he was just a beloved CTU agent. No, not Jenkins. I don't think I've seen him before. But uh, yeah, people were very attached to him uh, just in this one episode. Uh, so Fayed, uh, is a follower. They go through the, the, I guess, what do you call them? The little, uh, back rooms in this tunnel, uh, through the, the, the maintenance tunnels. hatch doors, the fugitive tunnels. Yeah. Uh, he finds like a dump truck or a garbage truck. And there's a, a maintenance guy who's down on the ground. Fayed's oh, attacked this guy, Paul, the- stole his phone. He's calling, I don't know, some, some guy, uh, some other, he's calling that other guy. Uh, and then this is the best reveal. We see Jack as Fayed hops into a garbage truck. Jack just duck around the vehicle. And I'm actually thinking, I was not remembering everything about this, that we're going to be seeing a shot of Jack hanging off the back of a garbage truck, trying to make a call to CTU. But no, instead what we get is, uh, CTU, Bill Buchanan speaking, Jack Bauer (laughs) underneath the axle of this thing, spinning furiously, Bill, it's Jack. I mean, he hasn't had to yell like this since he was last in a helicopter. Perfect reception about the same. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bill, can you hear me? I'm in a sanitation truck. What was that, Jack? <laughs> Time again, Jack. What? Oh, but like this shot of the axle turning, like, I, I mean, 
I guarantee that this is like some special effect. They're not actually filming underneath a truck because you can't get a Kevin, camera in Kevin's that position. Man, Colin, he would have done it. Put me out of that truck. <laughs> but uh, but still, it looks incredible. And, like the speed it's going at. Like I, I was really tense at this point, point. Uh, and. Uh, because they can't hear Jack's call conveniently, uh, they have to. Uh, Bill has to delegate these tasks. And, and again, I like when you get into these little details. You know, we joke about Chopper Command, but when they're like, "Get audio forensics on the line and see if we can pick apart what he said in that," and he turns to Morris and says, like, "Morris, I want you to get on the satellites and see if we can uh, pick up the last ten minutes of uh, every entrance in and out, of every outhouse and farmhouse out of that place or whatever." Uh, Doyle uh, goes back. He finds a maintenance worker's body. Uh, Fayed um, pulls over and reaches his team. Uh, he just immediately drops, you know, his his supervillain line here. Uh, now it is time that we enter our end game. Take out downtown Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, if he had a mustache, he'd be twirling it right here. Uh, and then Jack again, like these incredible Jack moments here. Jack just outside the the guard on perimeter duty. He just slams his forearm into this man <laughs> trips him and hey. then just snaps his neck yeah this is his hey moment forearm trips him snaps his neck ticket uh, stub ticket stubs <laughs> him he ticket stubs a guy you go and you get a shootout which we know Kiefer hates these shootouts but it's gonna get so much better because then it gets to be i'm gonna say the best actual fight scene in 24 history. I don't know if there's gonna be ones to top it after this, but I love everything about this fight scene. You have hand-to-hand, uh, -hand, this very close quarters combat. There's parts where they're just bear-hugging each other, just slam each other around this workshop or whatever. Then you got uh, a pipe getting broken out, wrenches. They're like sword fighting with pipes, basically. You get this uh, chain that's dangling that, that uh, Jack wraps around his neck, which is incredible. Nearly kills um, Adoni Maropas. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as we know, this is our interview. He nearly died here. But I love when Fayed's gun runs out of bullets, so he just throws the gun right at Jack here. Uh, the, the music here is incredible. This fight's brutal. And then while they're wrestling around over this chain, Jack bites his vampire again, <laughs> bites his hand. Yes. So good. <laughs> And then you have, it's absurd, yes, but say hello to your oh, brother. Amazing. <laughs> now, does this make any sense? Jack, of all people, is he doesn't have a vendetta. His vendetta at this point is only against the people who killed Audrey. So he, there shouldn't be anything personal here. And he is the guy who should be trying to keep fight alive because every time you've defused one attack, there's always something else around the corner. But it doesn't matter because we get to see Jack Bauer biting a man's hand, wrapping a chain around his neck and saying, say hello to your brother. Uh, to me, this is a top five moment of this episode. I know you're going to argue for the cliffhanger, but like this is top five in my mind. I, I, I've written both down. Um, and I would, I would almost argue that you can lump them all together as one because it kind of is almost the same scene, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think we have an ad break, do we? Well, what Mike, we do, because no. like, after this, Doyle comes... They, they basically say, we got the bomb secure here. We get a little bit of back and forth with CTU. Uh, and then CTU transfers the call. Now this, I don't know if there's any explanation for this. Uh, excuse me, CTU switchboard has a call on the line for you, Jack. Like, Who gets through to CTU in the middle of this crisis where they're securing nuclear weapons? And just random person says, oh, oh, you're, you're Audrey? Okay, um, yeah, I see next to Kin. You're not on there, miss. Just trust me, he'll want to talk to me. Sure, why not? Transfers the call. Uh, we get this reveal. Now, Jack, I love that Jack has the instant recognition of the voice, too. Oh, we all do, didn't uh, you? Like, I remember Jack. watching this straight. You can hear it. Straight away, you can hear it. Oh, and like, Audrey. It, I, I told you, you know, last week or, or what, two weeks ago, whenever they mentioned Audrey's death, that I, I don't remember whether I knew that she was going to be coming back, like this had been spoiled, or I saw it online, or if 
just the way it was played out, I assumed, nah, they're going to bring her back. But it wasn't like it was a surprise. But yeah, when you hear the voice, you're like, oh, it's going to be Audrey. And smart that they did this only two weeks. If they had said Audrey was dead on episode five, mm. the audience forgets about it by now. But you you wait and, and you you reveal that only two weeks ago. And now you come back two weeks later and you have that voice. And then even just filming her only from like the nose down. It's like this really clever reveal. Like the, it's very the, Nina, the director season one. It's very yeah, exactly. The phone call yeah, Nina penultimate episode of season one. Yeah, the the end of uh, the end of season the the mole reveal. Yeah, you're episode right. Twenty three. Uh, yeah, but uh, the Brian Spicer directed this. Like this is great. You you have a voice reveal. Your diehard fans are going to pick up on it. The diehard fans don't pick up on it. Lower half of the face reveal, they might pick up on it. But then you've got a third reveal where you actually get it. You know, a, a, in case anybody is in doubt here, uh, the phone gets passed to Cheng. This is you know, this is it is maybe the best cliffhanger of this season. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't, I won't fight uh, <laughs> will, uh, to exclude one or the other of these. If we want to group them together, we but can. But I think you do because literally between Jack killing Fayed and Mike, show, and I think that Mike scene almost you need in between because the, 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 the one, the best moment Mike ever gets is when he walks into this room and sees all the dead bodies and goes, damn Jack, like that, yeah. It's just one of those drop mic moments. So to me... And this, this is the sadist, right? Yeah. So <laughs> That's what we've been told. So this, I think, is all one scene. So, like, I think, like, I've marked them both down separately, but I would argue you you have it together because, like, it's it's mm-hmm. Jack mows down everybody, has his epic fight, and then the order of stuff just adds icing to the cake. I, I'm, I'm racking my brain about a single better individual fight, and I keep thinking back to season one, the Drazens, but what I'm interpreting from you is, like, a, a hand-to-hand combat fight. Like... Mm-hmm. I would rank yeah. I would rank Jack Storms the Drazen compound as a better moment of Jack taking down people by himself. But he doesn't really have a like with Victor Drazen, he just has him and shoots him in cold blood. This is a if you were ranking the Jack kills in cold blood scenes, um, then I would probably say the Drazen's. But you're right, I don't think he really has a I mean Marwan he kinda has a hand to hand combat with, but it's pretty quick and he throws him over the edge of a, a freaking yeah. cliff. Uh, car park. Um, Saunders, he doesn't. Uh, there isn't really an overall vision in season two. He doesn't really have hand to hand combat with Logan. Um, there's a few. With oh, I wish Tony. we would have gotten that. <laughs> I think there's a few hand handies with, with Tony, but it's never really like high stakes at the end of the season, you know, like he's going to die. Jesus, Jamie's bringing a freaking banquet. This is. Leftover spaghetti. I don't know why. Oh, you're freezing that. Okay. She brought down. I, I, I'll let you continue and then I'll tell my story. It's like, it's like a freaking bucket and a plate. Um, yeah. <laughs> and season 82. Yeah, there's, this is this would be. This would have to be it because there's not really a yeah. hand-to-hand combat Jack really has. But this is pretty epic. But, like, it's just. Any other hand-to-hand combat he has is over very quickly. But and like, I think that's another reason why why Fire is such a great villain. And this is where this would, again, would have worked better as a finale. This has worked better where you build up Fire. Fire, again, is a great villain, but sadly, like, he just gets shuffled through all the Jack Bauer family crap throughout the season that kind of you forget about him and then he comes back. So this is where, like, you kind of miss a trick. But, like, the music here, oh, my God, like, Sean Callery's on fire. Like, this is this is season one. This feels very Drazen compound. You've kind of got that, oh, like, music, which kind of adds emotion. That's why this really does feel like a finale. And just Jack, you know, kicking ass, taking names, just going in there, biting people. And then just, yeah, like this fight at the end. And like, as listen to our Donnie Maropas interview when he says how physical this was and how he did nearly die and just the, the wrench. And then he's throwing guns and then he puts him up there. I fucking love the say hi to your brother line for me, which apparently mm-hmm. is a very similar line to Die Hard with a Vengeance line. 
um, when Bruce Willis oh, yeah. kills um, Jeremy, Irons. Jeremy Irons. But it's just like, I, I remember when I watched The Fugitive, the, uh, the TV show that Kiefer was on, and I kind of explained it was kind of a bit like Jack Bauer mixed with James Bond, but a bit sadistic because he almost had one-liners. Jack Bauer doesn't really do James Bond one-liners, but this is one mm-hmm. of the rare times he does. And I'm on board for a Jack Bauer one-liner. He really should. Like, because this is just awesome. And I just love the way that, like, Jack leans back and is like, <gasps> I, the one thing I'll say, I always kind of think that this scene when he gets a call from Audrey, I kind of always think they, they MacGuffing him again, similar to last season. Like, Kim's on the phone for you. I always think this is a similar thing. Like, Kim's mm. on the phone again. Uh, it's just, it's just Chang's like uh, calling card. I, I watched this episode. It was like, I think I said this the other way. It was like maybe like one, two in the morning. I'm sitting in bed watching this episode. Uh, my bedroom at the time was literally like right next to my mother's bedroom. And I'm like, <laughs> like super loud. I think I woke my mum up. I'm like texting my friend at two in the fucking morning going like, have you watched 24 yet? Like I lost my shit because even when that phone call came, like, oh, it's CTU, like they've directed the line. I, I honestly, I think at the time, I thought, oh, maybe it's Kim. Maybe, you know, it's Connie Britton. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like Terry's alive. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Oh, it's just Josh. <laughs> Boo, fuck off. Um, or like maybe it's just the dad again. Like, like you know, because I mean, this you wouldn't put part of yeah. it at this point. Like, hello, Jack. Guess what? Audrey's alive and I've got her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, like this is maybe where you think if they didn't bring Logan back a few weeks ago, this is Logan or something like that. But like, mm. I don't think I ever, ever put it to put together that it would be Audrey. Cause I, I, I've, I've touched on this. I am 99.9% certain Kim Raver was never announced at coming back this season. I'm pretty sure she was left off all the casting, even the, will she come back during the season? I think like they spoke with her cause I'm pretty sure she joined Grey's Anatomy at this point. And I'm pretty sure they were all like, nah, nah, she's not coming back. So this was a like, Fucking draw, and I, I I put this up there as one of the biggest. And this is a kind of week when it comes to shocks, like Nina's the mole, the nuclear bomb goes off, they kill Chappelle. Um, like to me, this is up there because, like, again, maybe I'm just dumb. Maybe I was so incensed that they killed Audrey off screen <laughs> that I, I. But again, this is coming from a part where Kim Rabe is not coming back, so it makes sense. Yeah. So to me, this is up there. And again, I will have my issues with the fact with Jack, what he goes through next week about when he, when, spoiler alert, Audrey dies in season nine, that basically it's not the same reaction as we're getting here into what we get Renee, whole other Ben gets angry tangent. But like, it just, it's epic. And it's going to lead to maybe one of the greatest speeches in 24 history next week. But just that moment. And then the fact that it's, it's Cheng, like it's, I, this Cheng storyline is going to get absolutely stupid. Like, don't don't buy into this right now because it really does get dumb. But like for right now, it's like, oh, he's back, and there's there's Audrey and well, Kim Raver has maybe her best season in this season with the way she plays Audrey. Does it make sense that when she comes back in season nine, she's completely fine again? No, but like I will say, mentally deranged, damaged Audrey. Props yeah. to Kim Raver because she never gets the props and she's maybe on her absolute finest form this season the way she plays Audrey this season. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We we talked about last season, the parallels to Spectre, like the shadow organization uh, with, with uh, Graham and everything, the way that was playing out. But really thinking about it now, they're using Chang as that Blofeld. And I, I, I wish I could remember what my reaction was seeing him again here, but... This is now three seasons in a row where this guy's come in in the last act of the season when you think everything's wrapped up and it's like, oh, it's always going to be the Chinese. 
yet we never really get the full China season, which is kind of a disappointment. But you're right, but like you're also right on the level that he kind of ultimately, I think we said this back in season four, he kind of is the ultimate 24 villain because yeah. we get in this season uh, and then he comes back in season nine. So like he kind of is that ultimate, like if you want that satisfaction of Jack killing the big bad, you get that at the end of season nine. Um, so like, that's one thing, like as much as I criticize, like say last season when you've got, what's his face from lost uh, the German agent um, uh, Penny, not Penny's boat. You know what I'm talking about, Henry and Cusack, yeah. and how I kind yeah. of always thought that that was going to be this big, and they never returned it. One thing that I got a bit annoyed when they first ended 24 is that you never got resolution to the China storyline, but they rectified mm-hmm. that in season nine. So that's one of the few times when they've brought a show back after a few years, and they've actually added it, and they've made it like better. Don't watch Dexter because they made that worse, but that's the whole other story. <laughs> but, like, yeah, so that's kind of what I appreciate. So Chen kind of really is, like, the big ultimate bad even though they try and imply it's Logan, uh, I would argue it's Cheng. I, I think one of the things that gets lost from this point on, though, is that Cheng was justified in everything he's done up until this point. And now having it be where he's holding Audrey the- hostage, it turns him into a Bond villain. But what I liked about it, even at the beginning of season six, is you're like, they're releasing him. But it's like, but they actually did have a right to have Jack in custody but, but, yeah. in the first place. And this is where I'm saying this gets a bit batshit crazy. Because you like, I remember like watching this going, this makes no sense. He's like the ambassadors, like whatever. Like, and all of a sudden yeah. they, they have like a throwaway line going like, oh, the Chinese disowned him and he's gone rogue or something like that. So it's like, <laughs> so course. why is he like so like evil all of a sudden? Like, like you literally say next episode, uh, an agent who won't give us any information is like, like, I'm sorry to Francois Chow, guest of this show, the ambassador who got killed. I think him and Chang were, were a bit more than just uh, work colleagues because he's on a, such what? a vendetta mission for this guy. Oh, that's that, his Audrey. Like he's, he's on way too much of a vendetta mission with this guy over Jack Bauer and to save China's sovereignty. You're like, I'm sorry, I work with people, but if some of them, if the Americans invaded my work tomorrow and killed like the one person I like at my office, I'm not going to like try and bridge war against the US for the next 10 years. Like, oh, that's sad. I'll go to their funeral. Move on. <laughs> are, you, are you actually implying you only have one person you like at your office? There's a couple, maybe. <laughs> I, I just like the idea that if everybody in your office starts listening, they're all like, which one of us is it? <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> Nobody beep, knows. Beep, beep. <laughs> um, yeah, I, before I even get to this, I just wanted to mention that you were noticing like JB's bucket of spaghetti sauce. Yet. She, she made spaghetti the other night and I came upstairs and she had the sauce. And you know those giant pots that like usually you'll cook like massive dose of chili or stews in them mm-hmm. like it, it's huge that entire thing was filled to the brim with just the sauce and <laughs> this wasn't mixed in with noodles or anything and like jamie how much sauce do we need she goes well we'll have leftovers we'll have leftovers for a year jamie <laughs> like what she just brought down is about three days later just what's left that she needs to freeze now so you're saying if i um, visit you in the next eight years we'll be having a leftover spaghetti sauce. just the sauce though we, <laughs> we've run out of noodles at this point it's gonna be just the sauce um so trivia on this episode, I mean, we've already covered it. You know, this is the first appearance for Audrey, Return of Cheng. I, I find this one interesting, though, that uh, I always love when they have these surprise appearances. They feel the need to put Kim Raver was not listed in the credits uh, for dramatic purposes, but it, apparently Zima's name was. The, I didn't see that. Did you see that the opening credits that he's actually billed? No, I didn't. Uh, but like that, that I, I do like it when they don't have names on the screen like that because it does. It yeah. has, like there, there are certain episodes when you're watching TV and you're like, cause you often don't pay attention to the guest stars and that, but sometimes you do. 
And there have been, I, I couldn't list any off the top of my head, but there have definitely been episodes I've watched where all of a sudden it'll say special guest star. And you're like, oh, they're back this episode. Oh, that kind of spoils it. I know they're about to return. Like, I'm yeah. excited. But at the same time, I'm like, no. Okay. Like, imagine watching Space Jam, what the legacy or whatever that the LeBron movie was, and Michael B. Jordan's name is in the credits. You're like, oh, I know where this joke is going. Yeah. It would ruin everything. Sorry, I just spoiled it for anybody who hasn't seen it's Space still Jam. the part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, hands down. Uh, you mentioned here the Say Hello to Your Brother line from Die of the Vengeance. Uh, now this, okay, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. The act in clock at 1051 has five split screen windows around it. The most of any such clock to date. I thought that we had last season where there was like 10 split screens. Mm. And then they said, oh, that was either the end of season four or season five. And now yeah. they're saying no, five right. is the most. I don't know. Or maybe, is that just to the season? Maybe, maybe this season or maybe just at this time stamp. I don't know. There's uh, this uh, episode on IMDb uh, won an Emmy for outstanding sound editing. Um, and when Jack must call a number by an enemy, it's always 310-597-3781. I think that's because that's the fan phone line, yeah. IMDB people. Like, that is Anytime it. Anytime you see a phone number visible on the screen, it's going to be the same it's, number. <laughs> the the book, thank you to uh, Tara Bennett DeLulio. Uh, you've got a few more weeks left in our lives. Um, <laughs> nothing that we didn't already know. During the filming of the chain scene, Adoni Moropoulos was actually rendered unconscious and had to be taken to hospital as a precaution. Fully recovered, Moropoulos returned to set three days later. So, yes, we, we knew that. But thank you, Tara. Uh, I mean, he didn't have a lot of other scenes in this episode, so I can only assume that it's the scenes in the back of the van is the last things he would have filmed after he <laughs> was choked to death. Yeah. Uh, anyways, next week, uh, well, first we got to decide what we're going to do with this. I mean, I I think you're buying this just from the vibes I'm getting. I'm Absolutely, buying it. Absolutely, sir. Uh, I definitely am. But, sir, but where sir. are you ranking it? Uh, so the question of where Ben ranks it has the following answer. Uh, 66th. Uh, the New Zealand number Soxy Socks. So um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a solid episode. I mean, the, the stuff at the end, the order of shock alone, amazing. Like I'm I'm a little bit more down on the stuff at the beginning with with Palmer than you are. But I mean, outside of that, and well, I mean the Nadia Milo pointless stuff. I didn't even comment on that, but whatever. Um, it's it's a very like and again compared to what we've been getting for the last eleven episodes. This is this is pretty great. So yeah, it's a it's an episode that is number sixty six for me. And overall, this will end up in the top one hundred. It will end up at ninety fourth overall for me at the end of our rankings. Uh, Next week will be higher. Quite, well, I got it quite a bit higher. Um, I've almost doubled yours. I got this at thirty three. I oh, love wow. especially okay. the the last act of this episode. And I I do love the Wayne stuff earlier on. So I think that helps it too. But on first viewing, I was I was basically before I even looked at my rankings, I was thinking, to me, this is like the season. It's funny you mentioned the season four finale with Marwan because this is like a season four finale just backwards. Because our issue with the season four finale is that you had this great opening, and then you had nothing to do for a while before you have this cliffhanger. Here, it just felt like the episode was structured better. So, whereas originally I was thinking I'll rank this around where season four finale is, which was at forty two for me. Now it's at forty three. Uh, I bumped it up at least ten points because I I think that. Um, when you really boil down like the the climax of this episode, I can't find many finales that are as good as what we got. Oh, this is this uh, is a better episode than the season four finale, even though I don't think I've ranked yeah. it higher than the season four finale. So I'm being a bit contradictory <laughs> on myself. Um, have I? No, it's actually four spots below it. But I mean, maybe I'm just ranking a bit lower because of season six. But yeah, it's it's on par with the season four finale. <laughs> uh, next week. Oh. Uh, this. 
Oh, you, you are you more excited for next week? I, I rank next week higher, and it's like honestly, really? like, I've got two possible top five moments, but there's one moment that will be in our top five, Colin Hilding. I will shoot you. We've in discussed the, it, yeah. Like honestly, like you've got to even admit though. Like I mean, it's it's all about the um you owe me speech, and I I got confused a few weeks ago thinking that like we'd already had it, but I, I'm an idiot because this is one of the most epic moments in 24 history. I mean, this is this is a Jack Bauer moment that we deserve. This is a. Uh, everything that Jack's been through and sacrificed for his country and done, this is the moment where Jack Bauer plays that card to the president yeah. of the United fucking States. And it's just, it's so, so amazing. Like, just uh, uh, how Kiva didn't win an Emmy just for that speech, I don't know. And even I'll say, even though I'm a bit, like, indifferent on what they do with Wayne and how rushed it is, the way it plays out and this sort of Noah backwards and forth is, I kind of like it. Um, and I just wish we got a little bit more of it. Um, so it's, I, I just, there's not a lot of action next week. It's a very dialogue heavy episode, but as we discovered what season two, when it was the boardroom scene, sometimes you get a dialogue heavy episode and they can be better than an action filled mm-hmm. episode. I mean, I spoil it ranking this very much higher than this week. And Kiefer is on fire. The you owe me speech is, is a, an iconic 24 moment. Uh, so when that came up, uh, of course, I heard you talk about it for a couple of weeks now, uh, at least seven weeks, I think, since you originally thought it was going to be on yeah. the show. So we'd already but done it, Ben. Good job. I, I was I was at the point where I'm like, okay, this is good, but is it that good? And then there's one, it's not even the you owe me part. We'll, we'll get into it next week, but there's one little thing that's done that where I'm like, okay, this pushes it over the top for me. So is I'm it not the Wayne reaction? It. No, no, it's, it's uh, well, we'll get into it next week. Um, I do have more issues with next week's episode than I did this week's episode. Uh, having said that, I agree with you. I think as far as dialogue heavy episodes, this is one of the best ones that we have. Uh, and uh, the Wayne stuff, I, I'm i caught in between wanting to laugh mm. and wanting to cheer. Like, And it's not cheering because like, yeah, finally the black president's dead. Let's <laughs> be done with it. Uh, Can I ask like, as a quote? I, I wanna, the day no, Barack I'm, I'm Obama sure, dies. I said, not, not that, because I want to make sure people are aware. If you I and I ever I have a falling dead. out and Barack Obama dies, <laughs> I'm looping that into something. It, it is not that I'm against Wayne. It's actually the opposite. It's, it's, it's how it plays out where I'm like, Oh, that's brilliant television. Like that that's cheap, but it's brilliant television, you know? Uh so yeah, there, there's stuff to like about next week's episode. There's also stuff to like about uh I don't know, where are we right now? What's our date? We're in the middle of February. We are we are definitely very much into February. So we've started off with uh Ace Ventura. So we would be into the mask, if I'm not mistaken, next. Is that the second Ooh. one in order? Am I yeah. am I doing that correctly? Yep. I was, to, to, for people who are thinking, like, you're idiots. You just talked about this last week in your other episode. Uh, we're recording this in December, people. So, like, we don't even know what the fuck we're doing tomorrow, let yeah. alone uh, the, now that it's in February. So, um, yes, wasn't that a great Ace Ventura episode? So, I'm really looking forward to The Mask, one of my favorites. And still hoping, well, at this point, we probably still have some Scott Pilgrim takes off going on. And Academy Award nominations are at least out at this point. We can't tell you what they are. Um, I can't believe we got nominated for Best Costume Design. Yes. <laughs> Overdue for for E League shirts, yes. uh, is what we got nominated for, <laughs> and Cherry's sweatband. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're we're probably just a couple weeks away from starting our best picture uh, reviews, um, and whatever else we got going on, um, it probably isn't worth mentioning anyway. So, <laughs> but if you liked it, we're glad that we were, could bring some Colin joy to your is life. Pregnant. 
I am. Just me this time. Yep. Uh, not Jamie. I decided to go it alone, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger style. Uh, that is it. My name is Colin, and... Um, uh, <laughs> Best light ever. Oh, 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 oh. And my name is Ben, and say hello to your spaghetti sauce for me. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes, yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)